You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our Packers offense. Yes, a YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. Get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over and if he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, what we're trying to get is a seal here and a seal here. Run this play in the alley. What's up, guys? Welcome into Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. Text us 865-658-5824. Joined alongside Tim live in Green Bay. We got Jacob up there on the border of enemy territory on the Wisconsin-Minnesota border. Wisconsin. Did I say that right, fellas? Yeah, it's Wisconsin. That's yeah. that's correct. Wisconsin. Absolutely mm-hmm. crushed it. Um, yeah. So uh, how was everybody's day, man? Everybody good? Yeah, yeah Monday. Monday. Yeah. Case of the Mondays. Someone's got a case of the Mondays. Mandy looked at me just a second ago. She said, you look a lot better than you did earlier. I was like, all right, I appreciate it. So, evidently, we got some color back in the face. We're ready to roll, right? You sound uh, a little better, Clay. Yeah, we, we got that 13-year-old puberty thing going right now with the voice keeps <laughs> cracking and all that good stuff. So, But we'll get through it, right? Um, I know we had some news break for the – what's that? I said, poor Mandy. <laughs> yeah. We're getting there though. Now I feel a hundred times better than I did earlier. Man, yesterday was pretty. It was bad. Anyway, y'all, y'all not tuning in to listen to that. Anyway, you're probably going. Hey, your accents are way better now than it, than it usually is. So, um, we had some news break though for the Packers here earlier. I think Tom Pelissero originally reported it, but Paul Brittle uh, kind of broke it on my timeline. He said uh, in their first cap saving maneuver, the Packers restructured Rashawn Gary's deal, freeing up 4.78 million in 2024 cap space. A look at what you need to know an impact of it on the Packers cap situation. So you guys make sure you go click on that story, show Paul some love. Obviously, Paul, big contributor here uh, on Packers Total Access. Um, it, It's kind of cool, you know, 
we listed off what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, I think eight or nine players that we said were potential restructures this year um, to free up cap room. And and really what we're talking about restructure is your restructure is your clear clearing cap hit for this year in 2024. And you could do that by taking either the base salary or the roster bonus, converting it to signing bonus, and then obviously uh, spreading it out over the duration of the contract. We had Rashawn Gary down. We said clearable cap 8.3 million, but we thought it would be closer to 4.1. So we were $600,000 off on this restructure, which is kind of cool. We're starting to really uh, really hone in on exactly how this is working as far as clearing cap. Now, he went on to write in the article. I won't read the entire uh, excerpt here, but he says the Green Bay Packers made the first salary cap uh, saving maneuver, the offseason restructuring Rashawn Gary's contract. According to Tom Pelissero of NFL Network, the Packers reworking Gary's contract freed up $4.781 million in cap space for 2024. Gary just signed a four-year $96 million deal last season, but with a roster bonus of $6.2 million. So there you go. There's the key. There's the trigger, right? Roster bonus uh, for the 2024 season, which by the way, roster bonus is the bonus they'll get if they make the roster. Okay. That's it. And it comes in one lump sum. So, but with the roster bonus of 6.2 million for the 2024 season, there was some, there was some money for the Packers to work with when it came to completing a restructure. Before this move, Gary was set to account for $15.9 million against the 2024 cap. The exact details of the restructure have not been reported, but a roster bonus has to be recognized on the current year's salary cap. However, by converting a portion of that uh, roster bonus to a signing bonus, that amount can be prorated over the life of the contract. He went on to say the benefit to the player is signing bonus money they receive up front. Okay, so they get that money up front once it's converted to a signing bonus rather than having to wait until they make the roster. Uh, the benefit to the team is they're able to lower the current year's cap hit, uh, but all cap charges come due. And by pushing cap charges to the future years, Gary's cap hit in 2025 and beyond will now increase. Now, obviously, if you take that over a four-year span, you know, you're you're increasing it by what 1.2, maybe 1.1 million per year. So nothing bad there. It just immediately gets the gears turning, gang. Like, okay, what's this restructure for? I don't want to say it's a minute amount, but it's not a whole lot of money, right? When you're talking about four million dollars, kind of feels like just operating money right now, right? But uh, nonetheless, pretty cool that we hit that one, right? Did you see Jay's comment though? What Jay say? He said four point seven with the look emoji. What was Bobby Wagner's asking price? Oh, Jay, so look at you. You're going to make me do it here. See, it's, it's too early for this. We're going to hit it anyway. <laughs> Barrel chest on. <laughs> so let me tell you, that guy's an absolute unit. Tell me, tell me he ain't been on the pull downs. You know what I'm talking about? He's been hitting them pull downs, looking on those lats. Yeah. Straight lats. Lats for days. My man. Um, yeah. Hey, that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Plug and play a little Bobby Wagner in there, draft you a backer or two too to kind of kind of sit behind a legend and uh, and learn the, the position, right? But what do you, you guys got any comments on that at all as far as uh as far as our boy Rashawn Gary getting that restructure, getting a little change on his in his pocket there? I think it just shows that uh he's here for the long haul, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Bane Gary will will be a Packer for the foreseeable future, and it makes me happy. So that's yeah, my look, take on it. Was, um, do you think do players enjoy this type of thing? Because in their eyes, they get a like as far as Gary's concerned, he gets a bump sum six point two check by cut, right? So is that more does he he doesn't lose money in any way, it's just structured differently no. as to when it gets dispersed to him? Correct. It, it all it is is it's money that 
that otherwise would not have been paid to him unless he's on the roster. We know a four-year deal he's going to be on the roster, obviously. But what it does is they cut a check right away, bang, that's in his pocket. So um, there is absolutely no downside to a player doing it. Now, sometimes when you get into a a renegotiation or a quote-unquote pay cut, it can still benefit the player because they're going to the player and going, hey, look, if you take a pay cut – then we will take you know X amount of your roster bonus and convert it to signing bonus too, so you'll get an even fatter paycheck right now. So it's like an advance on your pay. So there's really it's just a win-win for a player. And in most cases, when you're talking about a pay cut, which in no way, shape, or form is you know relates to this specific situation here with Rashawn Gary, it's kind of like one of those things like either you do this or we're cutting you, right? Um, obviously, that's not the case with Rashawn. It's just you know, theoretically speaking there, but uh, yeah, good stuff. We also had a hire here. This was kind of cool. We, uh, we talked about this earlier um, in the season two or in the off season, I should say, you guys remember that uh, some of the, uh, the defensive coordinator candidates that we had mentioned um, one of them, there was actually two or three of them that were on uh, Jeff Halfley's staff there at Boston college. And one of those was uh, Sean Dugan, right? I can't remember if it's Duggan or Dugan, but, We'll call him Duggan. Uh, Sean Duggan, it says, Packers, this is Aaron Wilson uh, on uh, on Twitter. It's at Aaron Wilson underscore NFL. He said, hashtag Packers hire former Boston College co-defensive coordinator Sean Duggan um, as defensive assistant per a league source. Uh, Duggan has extensive background with linebacker position. So we kind of talked about that before. He was one of about three or four candidates that we thought might get that job uh, or might at least get interviewed for the defensive coordinator job because typically coaches like to bring their own staff in, you know, especially when you've been in another program as a head coach. So it's kind of cool. He's getting someone else to help communicate, I think, is the way I look at this, guys. Is, you know, here you got a guy that uh, Chris Collins were, here's a guy. So you got, you got a guy that's going to step into that coaching room and, and help convey the message for um, for Jeff Halfley, right? So uh, what do you think about that, Tim? I like the hire, man. Yeah, me too, man. Anything that makes, uh, uh, you know, Coach Halfley more comfortable here in his first year and, you know, some cohesiveness in that unit. You can tell, I mean, we always talk about we're, we're building a team, not collecting talent. It's the, it's the same thing we're doing with our coaching staff right now. Um, they're putting together some dogs right now, and I love it. So uh, I, I'm all for it, man. Whatever, um, you know, makes sense in here in, in uh, Halfley's first year here as DC. I love it. I love it. Yeah. What do you think, Jacob? No, I mean, uh, I second that. Uh, for the first time in a long time, I am really excited to see the coaching staff. I, don't, I should say maybe the first time ever because just listening to them kind of listed off and the, all their different, like, personality traits. I mean, I've seen – What's the guy, Campanelli or whatever? Just, I mean, that guy makes me want to run for a freaking brick wall, dude. I mean, he's, and there's like three or four of those guys apparently all together on one staff. So, and then in addition to that, before I forget, have you guys ever seen the video of Chris Collinsworth on like a dating show back in like 19? Oh, yeah. uh, way back in the day. Yo, and some of the stuff that he says, like, <laughs> different day back then. I want to. I want to play it on here one time. I swear, it just. It's, <laughs> yeah, it's so a different, uh, different era back then, wasn't it? It's uh, it's like the whole the whole meme when people, ladies nowadays too, they'll they'll you know they'll say you know they, men don't treat women like they used to, and then I love the meme. It shows somebody getting body slammed. It's like, yeah, this was your grandfather beating up your grandmother when dinner wasn't on the table. <laughs> yeah, it was a different time when Collinsworth made those comments for sure. 
Um, look it up, guys. Hit the old fire up the old Google machine. You'll you'll, 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 you'll find I love to walk it. around with a hundred dollar bill hanging out of my pants. <laughs> <laughs> you sure yeah, about that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned the coaching staff. Let's just take a quick glance at it. The defensive coaching Ooh. room um, here, and this is obviously without Sean Dugan, and there might be a few other pieces put in place, but this is the pretty much the main structure of the defensive uh, coaching room. You got Jeff Halfley, defensive coordinator, obviously just stepped out of a head coaching job with Boston College. Um, Jason Rebervich goes from um, – what was it, a pass rush specialist to defensive line coach, right? And we'll just hop over to the far right. Vince Ogabasi was the um, defensive line coach for Halfley at Boston College. Obviously, he, he played four years at Duke. I think he was on a practice squad or two with Washington, I think, in the NFL, had a cup of coffee. Big old boy. We we ran his stats one day. It was something like 6'5", 6'6", 320 pounds. Big old dude. Um, nobody bucking on him in the in the in the defensive room, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, yep. But he's the assistant defensive line coach. So you got Rebrovich is jumping from a uh, pass rush specialist to D line coach. He's got Vince Ogabasi coming in to kind of help him with that transition because obviously Jason Rebrovich has been in the 34 this entire time. And Vince Ogabasi has worked in that four, three at Boston college. You bring in Derek Ansley, who it's, it's so cool because like when you look at their game plan and how they put this together, they went with Jeff Halfley who has experience as a head coach now. Right. So he's able to see, he's able to see everything from a coat, from a head coach's perspective. Right. With Derek Ansley, they bring him in as a passing game coordinator, and he was just the defensive coordinator, right, And with the L.A. Chargers. So he's seen the game from a defensive coordinator's viewpoint uh, standpoint, right? So now he's going to be the pass game coordinator. That's really cool. Ryan Downard's going to stay on, on staff as a DB's coach. I think they said he had worked with Halfley way back in the day in Cleveland under Mike Pettin. And then Anthony Campanelli, he's the man of the hour. I'm with you, Jacob. That video, man, I shared it on Twitter. It got some run, too. I can't remember how many hundreds of thousands of views it got. But uh, it was from Hard Knocks and him quoting Vince Lombardi. Obviously, he's uh, Anthony Campanelli is is very, very proud of his Italian-American heritage and uh, <laughs> comes from a whole family of just football ass kickers, for lack of a better way of putting it. Yep. Um, you can tell these guys are on fire for the game. He's going to be the family of New Jersey, New Jersey ass kickers. I love it. <laughs> exactly. Hey, Those Jersey hey. guys. And when you think of Jersey guys, you immediately think of Bill Parcells and some of these guys that were just – Jersey Mike. Jersey Mike, there you go. <laughs> right, heck of a sandwich they make too. Let me tell you, man. I got Jersey Mike's down the street here, boy. They got yeah, here we go. Exactly, damn, exactly. <laughs> so there's your your defensive coaching room. I haven't met one one Packer fan that's not jacked about this defensive coaching room. I think Matt Lafleur knocked this out of the freaking park. Now they could come out and be absolute cheeks, right? And and we'll look at it totally different. But on the surface, it's like. Understand that move, understand that move, understand that move, all the way across the board. I couldn't be more excited about uh, what we might potentially uh, turn this defense into this year for sure. Um, speaking of defense, too, um, Rob Domofsky actually dropped an article on Darnell Savage. I don't know if I feel like I'm in the mood reading all this, but <laughs> it, there was a couple nuggets in there that kind of made me raise my eyebrows a bit. Basically, I'll just try to rattle through it real quick. The Packers could have avoided that by signing uh, Darnell Savage to an extension before the void kicked in, talking about the fact that they let the void kick in and now Savage is a free agent. Despite having a tough year physically with calf and shoulder ailments, the Packers coach coaches uh, lauded a tough year physically with calf and shoulder ailments. Uh, yeah, the Packers coaches lauded 
Savage's leadership, even while he was on the injured reserve. Savage then returned and had a major impact on the wild card playoff win with the Cowboys, including the pick six. Although he didn't have as strong a showing in the loss of the 49ers that dropped pick six. <laughs> Darnell said, quote, Darnell loved his time in Green Bay, and we remain optimistic that a deal can get done before the league year, Seth Katz, Savage's agent, told ESPN, quote, but realistically, the window for free agent communication is around the corner and there will be significant interest in Darnell. I believe that, too. I think I think he had the measurables coming out of college that he's going to be a player that is going to draw some interest. They went on to say, uh, Rob Domofsky went on to say, one league source who has analyzed the free agent market estimated that Savage would be the highest priced player among the Packers free agent class this season, estimating he would garner a deal with an annual average between five and seven million dollars. You guys know we've talked about that. His fair market value set at five million. Goes on to say Savage has some tangible, uh, yeah, sorry, tangential connection to new Packers defensive coordinator uh, Jeff Halfley. One of Halfley's defensive assistants at Boston College was Azar Abdul Rahim who was Savage's position coach at the University of Maryland. In fact, Abdul Rahim had Savage talk to BC safeties via Zoom calls the previous two seasons. So I thought that was really interesting that he's actually been in on Zoom calls to talk to Halfley's DB room while, you know, he was at, I guess, at uh, at Boston College because of the, the position coach at the University of Maryland. Um, you know, they have kind of that connection there. It says, this is the part that got me too. However, at this point, there have been no negotiations between Savage and the Packers. Okay. So that last part was like, okay, this is what this is what the agent told ESPN. This is what the agent told Rob Domofsky was that there's been no negotiations at all. It sounds to me like the Packers are going clean slate and saying, all right, we may sign Savage, but we're going to treat him like every other free agent in the market this year. Right. Is that what you guys are garnering from that too? I mean, that's how I look at it. I think that was probably the plan, right? We're going to let him test the market, um, but we're not writing him off. We're prepared to make a signing if we can, uh, you know, what was our number under, under 5 million per something like that, 4 million, four to 5 million per, and you know, yeah. if he's still in that, that range or, or he gets some offers from some other teams and, you know, maybe there's a reach out to, to green Bay from, from his agent, you know, saying, Hey, we have this on the table. Can you guys match? Darnell would love to be back um, if you can match this offer. And maybe the Packers are prepared to do that. Um, but I think this is part of the plan all along. I don't I don't read too much into this. You know, the whole there there have been no negotiations. I think that's kind of why they they allowed him to just, you know, test the market. I think it's part of the plan. Yeah. What do you, what do you think, Jay? I don't know, man. I just five to seven. Definitely. I wouldn't pay uh, for that. But. It would be nice to have some sort of <clears throat> leadership there, veteran leadership in the safety room. I just, I don't know. I, I think it'd be fun, like Tim was saying, if we could maybe get a, a team-friendly deal and be like, look, man, we got a new coaching staff. You're going to love playing for this guy. It's going to be more your style. Give you the year to to heal up the offseason. Um, maybe try to address it a little bit in the draft and then see what comes out the other end. I just, I just, I don't see them paying them over five. I, yeah, I, I no. hope they wouldn't, kind of. I agree. I agree. Um. Pull that comment up for me real quick uh, on safety Trey Taylor there, Tim, and read it for me if you don't care. I'm on another screen. I, I'm going to pull up his profile here real quick. Yeah, this is uh, Dave. I'm not even going to bother trying to pronounce his last name. I'll butcher it. Uh, Dave says, what do you what do you guys think of safety Trey Taylor? He played at Air Force. Good highlights available on YouTube. 
And Trey Taylor, I think he was kind of on the radar for us a yeah. little bit. Yeah. I just looked him up. He's sitting, according to the consensus big board, he's sitting at number 341. So they're saying he's going to be an undrafted free agent. But what's wild is he peaked at 124. Now, obviously, he hasn't been mocked anywhere, but at one point he was in the top 150. So kind of kind of interesting to see, you know, why he did drop uh, like he did. It looked like it, it all started um, after January, which is amazing, right? You know, yeah. it's like <laughs> – you've played no more football and all of a sudden you start dropping on boards. Like that's the stuff I'm talking about, man. Um, so yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, you know, as it sits right now, as far as the consensus big board, they don't think too highly of him. It looks like he may be an undrafted free agent, but you know how it goes, man. He goes to the combine tests. Well, uh, you never know what you're going to see there. Right. Could, could, he could be a late, him. late pick for us too. You know, we got, a, we got a ton of picks in this draft. He could be a seventh rounder or something like that. You never know. Definitely. No doubt about it. Um, Jacob, you had a safety that you got kind of excited about, didn't you, man? Um, was it Javon Bullard? Am I thinking right? Javon Bullard, yes, sir. Yeah. What, what do you like about Javon, man? You were you were kind of mentioning him, and he's one of those names that's just outside of the the top tier of talent when it comes to safeties. You know, as far as what we've covered, it you know, really it comes down to to Newbin and Kinchins at the top, and that could change after the combine. But as it sits right now, Bullard's kind of in that second tier, if I remember correctly. But what do you think about Bullard, dude? Uh, yeah, when I, I'm at the point now where I'm just basically watching dude's tape and he just seems like a really, I think the word I use, he's really aggressive, but it's uh, very smart aggression. Like it's not uh, playing sloppy. Like my big, my, my guy, Brenton Cox Jr., you know, he was notorious for that. He looked crazy like he was fired out of a cannon, but there was no, he was just. We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply going crazy whereas bullard looks like it's a contained chaos and he's not afraid to approach the line of scrimmage he doesn't wait to make first contact he goes and finds it um in addition to that it just looked like that every single play that he made that the guys just rally around him like he's a big leader kind of a rah-rah guy mm-hmm. um, and just the way that he he just looked like a physical violent type of guy that's definitely not afraid, afraid to come up and play the run too so mm-hmm. i don't know exactly where he'd fit like what kind of he's more of a free or a strong i'm not like that great with the x's and o's part of it but um as far as just the eye test goes, he was one of the safeties I'm watching. I was like, oh, like he's just flying. He's flying around. It seems like when they do like a toss or an outside pitch or anything like that, he was one of those guys where he would be diagnosing it and cutting through the other defenders. And he's really good at taking on blocks, extending it, shedding those blocks. I've seen that almost like on six or seven different highlights of him where he would. And let's take a look while you're talking. Let's do it. Do it. Yeah. Go ahead. Keep talking. Look right here. He's going to be on the bottom. He's playing free right here. That pick. You know, there's there's oh. easy stuff like that, but I like I said the stuff where he'll show him taking on blocks. He's really good at engaging the block, extending the arms, shedding, and then making the tackle. Which, if you you know, that's that's football. I think this might be one of those plays right here. You can see he's kind of rolling over. The coverage is rolling over just a touch. To me, this is man coverage. You see 23 with his back to the camera right now. He's following number one, so they're in man. And uh, watch him sniff this out. You see uh, at the at the bottom left corner, or I guess the far left corner of the screen you'll see bullard right here check watch him diagnose this bang dude see that's what we need right here downhill bam (laughs) if you go back to the beginning of the play watch how his head twitch he goes back and forth looking at the receiver looking at the quarterback looking at the receiver like he's he's got good ball awareness definitely aware that's that's exactly what coach halfley was talking about right eyes on the quarterback absolutely man absolutely look at this kill Snot bubbles. I love it. All right, watch him right here. Watch him creep up in the box. Great breakup right there, real quick to the ball. Got a good, good first step for sure. We know that they're only recruiting dogs down there. No pun intended in Georgia, man. Um, let's see here. Watch this play. Gonna break it down. He was playing. It looked like he kind of rotated down right there. If I was looking at the right guy, no, he's up top. There's you a pick, right? Jacob, what do we have for uh, measurables on him? I want to sit here in just a second, actually. I, I think I've got that, too. Okay. Look at him on the back side of this read. Look at him. Look at him. This should have been a touchdown. That's wow. a healthy player. Right there. wheels, too. Yeah, sure does. I watched this, Jacob, and hey, listen, everybody has a draft crush, and I'm kind of rolling my eyes going, okay. And I, I watched the reels, and I was like, oh, cow, dude, this dude's a monster. Yeah, if you get to the point where he starts taking on blocks, like that was what really – I mean, these uh, – he plays great, and you know some of those interceptions are gimmies. But him taking on the run box was just like I was like, wow, that was that was impressive. And he he plays a good single high too. There, you seen it right there, man. Watch him here. He's single high and he rotates over. He covered a lot of ground right there, man. Yep. Yeah, we've seen he's fast. That's for sure. Look at that. Let's go. I like what I see, man. Like I said, there's a few of them here. Let's see, he's dropping back here. He's gonna. Look at, look at it right here, Jacob. Just attack the ball, dude. <laughs> yeah. And he looks thick, too. He looks thicker than a bowl of oatmeal, bro. Like, look at his <laughs> legs, seriously. 
You can yeah. tell he's not a small safety when, as far as, you know, weight. I, I would say he's got to be 200, maybe 210. Look at that. Wow. Just recovering. Oh, no. He hit him with the Jair. Do we need to run that back? Did he hit him with the Jair? Yeah, of course. Strap City, baby. Yeah. <laughs> hey, what else do we need, boys? What else? It's right in, man. It's the TVU and hits the wow. I'm here to tell you, Pack is back. Uh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The Jair, too. That is awesome, dude. I can't believe it. I didn't notice it when I, my first time through either. Yeah. All right, here we go on the bottom. Look, he's in man coverage right here, and that's the other thing I'm going to point out here in a second. He played a lot of slot, boys, played a lot of slot. So there he is kind of picking up the slot, recovering. All right. <clears throat> that's pretty much it. That's the gist of it. We won't bore people on the podcast going to kill America. See it. Can we run that back from the top, though? I noticed something on that that very first play. This is, this is why, you know, guys like this are so important. If you watch, this looks like man coverage, right? Let's see here. Now watch watch your corner on the bottom of the screen get absolutely cooked. Oh yeah. And here and here comes our boy making a play on the ball. I think it's zone. We're gonna need if we're playing if we're playing uh man or zone, really. I mean, if you're beat over there, you know, if we if he's gonna be the you know, not him, but if we're gonna have one safety back there. Mm-hmm. You know, you need a guy with this kind of IQ to come up and make a play like this. Because look at the space between that corner and that receiver right there. That should, for all for all intents and purposes, that's a completion right there. No, it's if a great. He, 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 gives him a little, he gives him a little jab, step in right there, freezes yep. the corner. Bye, he, and he's gone. Running butt naked through the trailer park until he wasn't. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yep. Love it, love it, love it. Good stuff. Hey, nice find, Jacob. Let's let's dive into the numbers a little bit on J, uh, on Javon. I keep wanting to say Javon. Javon Buller here. I think I got some stuff pulled up. Yeah, so PFF. Here's his PFF card. 2021, 70.4. 2022, 80.4. 2023, 82.8. Okay. Um, yeah, really, really solid. Coverage grade, 88.4, man. Missed tackle rate's only 10%. That That's well above the average line for sure. Forced incompletion rate. What that tells me right there is can, can he play slot? If so, he could be a, a good slot candidate, but also play him. Uh, playing that free safety, that single high safety. Hell, he could rotate, too, into the box. You know, we've seen the, the way he hits. What you're seeing is versatility, essentially. Um, 5'11", 195. I think he's a little bit thicker than that by the end of the season. It looked like in some of those videos. But nonetheless, 5'11", that's right there with what we said with Savage, wasn't it? So kind of meets the parameters there in that regard. This is what got my attention, though. Look at the, the snap count, man. In 2022, 510 slot snaps. And then in 2023, he played 144 slot snaps and 362 deep. So that's as versatile as it gets right there, Jacob. Um, I like it, dude. I think he found one, man. Um, what sticks out to you here? Any Anything else you want to hit on him? No, it's just that he's uh, – I always like to see consistency uh, from year to year. I mean, he started off in 21 with a really solid grade for a 70.4, and it's he played a decent amount of snaps and um, to – Increase that um, that score every year is big for me. And then, like you talked about, the defensive grade, even the run defense grade is 67.1, which for a safety, I'll take that all day. And then the competition he's going against, it's pretty good uh, pretty good receivers and, and pretty good teams. So I think that the transition in NFL could be pretty smooth. Yeah, for sure. Tim, you like him, man? Yeah, I mean, just that little smattering of highlights combined with the numbers here. Um, I definitely think this is someone who should be on the uh, on the board on the radar and for all we know Goody's already got an eye on him right 
And we know Quay Walker, who did he play for? Like Georgia boys, yeah. Yeah. Monte Wyatt, who did he play for? Georgia. There you go. Jr. A lot of a lot of Georgia guys on our on our squad. So some people were going, yeah, but will he be available? I'm glad you asked. So right now he's being mocked in the consensus mock draft to 63rd to the San Francisco 49ers. Can we get a boo, everybody? Boo. So, well, can we get him at 58? With our- that's what that's what I'm saying, Tim. That's what I'm screaming, bro. Like I was trying to think, and I, I keep losing track where our picks are. It's 25, 41, and then what? Is it 58? It's 58, 58. I believe, or 59. 57 or 58. Then 88, 91, 126, blah, blah, blah. Jacob, that's what we need, man. Just like you got your little schedule there on the wall, we need you to have our draft picks on the wall right there, bro, so you can look at them at all times. You know what I'm saying? We're going to reference them many, many times moving forward. But I think it's pretty cool. (coughs) Excuse me. Um, 63rd, you could could swoop up there and steal them away from the 49ers, at least in this mock right here. Um, I like what I seen though, man. I really did. I think uh, yeah. it's very rare someone does that and they present a player and I go, ah, I don't, you know, usually I'm just, I'm the very boring fan. I usually just kind of go, I mean, yeah, I don't think he'd be a bad pick. There's nothing really special there. Man, I watched that highlight run. I was like, holy cow, this dude, he can tackle, he can hit, he can cover, he can play free safety, he can, he can cover in the slot, he can pretty much do everything. So, um, Pretty cool stuff there. I'm going to pull up a text message from a listener, a loyal listener. It was so good to hear from. We hadn't heard from Trucker John in some time, and I know I shared this with you guys. Absolutely love this dude. Older gentleman that listens to the show. (coughs) Excuse me, the voice starting to go. He said, hi, it's been a while. My health has been bad. Uh, The VA is concerned about me. I was very sick for almost a month, getting sick about three to five times a day. Also have other issues. They don't know exactly what they are. Anyhow, I still look forward to your shows. You keep me going. I was wondering why we were not higher on Darius Robinson. Um, Seems like he would be good and be versatile and be able to play every position on the D line. So that was Trucker John in Green Bay, man. Really appreciate you. Trucker John, it's good to hear from you, buddy. And hey, our thoughts and prayers are with you, man. Hope you get to feeling better. And uh, obviously, going to the VA, he's a veteran. Appreciate everything you've done uh, for us. And people, Absolutely. you know, men and women like you are the reason that we have the freedom to sit here and, and have a silly little football podcast, man. There's a, a lot more to life than, than just some of the stuff that we find ourselves getting tore up over in 2024. Obviously, you're dealing with some stuff. And, and we really appreciate you, John. Thank you so much Absolutely. for reading out. And, Thank uh, you for actually, your service. Thank definitely, you. definitely. Um, we got Darius Robinson's uh, card here. This is one of the guys that we talked about um, that Jake Shavink said this dude's going to skyrocket up draft boards because uh, when he showed up the Senior Bowl, they didn't mention him by name, but they said there was one player, and not they as in Jake, but other people, they said there was one player that his comp card was J.J. Watt. This was him. Darius Robinson, Okay. Out of Missouri, 6'5", 296. All right, look at his PFF grades. 68.3, 77.6, 83.1. Just, I mean, you're talking about progression every single year. Again, 6'5", 296. You know he's carrying that weight well. He can play everywhere on the defensive line, but they were talking about him lining up on the edge, kind of like how they did with J.J. there for some time, too. You know how he would just bounce around. One second he was working the right tackle. The next second he's working the center. The next second he's working the left tackle. Um, His pass rush grade, 78.4. Run defense really says a lot, man. 81.4. And his true pass set, pass rush grade, say that three times fast, 83 Point two. You can see the consistency all the way across the board with the opponents they played too. Um, 
you know, people, I know they'll probably get upset the thought of taking an edge slash defensive lineman, especially after investing so much draft capital in people like Devontae White and Lucas Van Ness. But those tier one positions of importance, guys, there's a reason I've got them lit up green on my big boards. Because I'm telling you, man, teams will, they will just continue to swing and swing and swing at players like that. Tim, how would you feel about somebody like this, Darius Robinson? Uh, even at the number 25 pick, man. Um, yeah, t- 25, what, you know, whatever, 41, wherever we wherever we can get a guy like this. Um, he's kind of been on the radar as of late. Um, we've talked about him before, but, I mean, yeah, the numbers look good. And, you know, you can always improve. I mean, I feel good about our edge room right now, but, you know, with uh, Kingsley and Igbari, uh, being down and probably on the pup list for the foreseeable future here going into 2024. I think it's a good, good look. Like you said, tier one importance um, edge for sure. And uh, you know, Darius Robinson looks like, a, you know, I, I don't want to say a blue chip, but one of those, you know, what, what would that be like a red chip kind of player, you know, yeah, like that next tier, next tier. Yep. Uh, draft and develop kind of guy um, certainly has the, the build, to play the position. So, uh, yeah, I'm all for it, man. Yeah. I know Mark Zambito in the chat says size matters, boys. That's what she said. <laughs> Jacob, what do you think about Darius Robinson here, man? Uh, yeah, I just pulled him up on NFL Buzz, and they got, yeah, 6'5", 296, but he's got 10 and 4, basically 10 and a half inch hands. He's got uh, an arm span of 34, basically 35 inches. He's got a wingspan of the 84. He's got the 40. He's a 40 time of 4.78 at 6'5", almost 300 pounds. That's just, that's just scary. Man. Imagine having that guy run at you. God, that's insane. Absolutely yeah. wild, man. Um, yeah, and when you as far as his draft uh, draft positioning or whatever, um, where he sits in the mocks, I pulled up his card earlier. <coughs> Darius Robinson is right now being mocked at 27 to the Cardinals. So looking like he would be right there on the board if the Packers wanted to take him. And I would love to see him in a three to four tech in that new four, three front. Oh my God, dude, I would, I'd be all about it. So trucker John, we're on board with it, buddy. And like I said, it was good to hear from you, man, for sure. Um, let's see. There's somebody else here in the chat. Uh, yeah, right here. <laughs> SDM 40. He said, getting right down to it. He said, Clayton needs a two liter of Mountain Dew. <laughs> that dude right there, man. Talking about thicker than a bowl of oatmeal. My man looks like he's been in the meth lab. He's tiny. What? Good God. You, you can go to Unicoi County, Tennessee right now. Go up to a little place. Uh, God, what's it called? Flag Pond. You'll, you'll, see a, you'll see a half a dozen guys looks just like that cat right now. I'm telling you. No doubt about it. And and if uh, Chewy's in the chat, he's going right now. You'll see him in the chat right now. He'll be like, yep, it's true. It is true. <laughs> Love how he uh, somehow got an R in the mountain there. Yeah, <laughs> gotta have the dirt. Gotta do the dirt. Uh, Dane in the in the chat. Hey, Dane. Dane's been a loyal uh, loyal supporter for a long time, and appreciate you being a member of the PTA posse and your extra donation in that regard. He said Ryan Wood stated that he sees Quay Walker as the will in the new four three. Uh, what do you think would be his best position between Will, Mike, and Sam? It's a great question, Dane, because. You can look at it a number of different ways, right? Your Sam is your strong t- side backer, which is going to line up over the tight end. Two things I like – well, one thing I like about that, <coughs> as a Sam, typically that's your better cover linebacker, right? That's the guy who's going to cover the tight end if you're in man coverage. Um, also, with the Sam, you got to be able to attack the run. 
in my opinion, attacking the run isn't Quay Walker's strong point, right? He's a great tackler, but he's not really good in the run fit. Now, if you go back to not 2023, but 2022, he had a really good coverage grade, if I remember correctly, but I think that dipped last year. So I think the safer bet probably would be Will. But also in this 34, they had him wearing the green dot, which would suggest that they see him more of a mock, right? So if I had to put my money on it, I would say mock, Will, then Sam. But again, Halfley may may have watched the tape and said, right here's the spot for him. Uh, my guess would be mock right off the bat. When you spend a first round pick on someone, um, you know, at the linebacker position, you want him to kind of be that quarterback of your defense. I th- I would say mock. What do you think, uh, Tim? When we're talking Mike, Mike, Will, and Sam, obviously, Will being the weak side backer, Sam being the strong side backer on the tight end side in the four three, or the Mike being the middle linebacker, essentially. Uh, I'm with you. I think he's probably the Mike or the Will. I mean, he played a lot of Sam at Georgia, but I mean, you know, we're we're three years out of that now. I mean, Quay's going in his third season in the NFL. So, um, and then, you know, the green dot factor, right? So, you know, regardless of what the situation is at middle linebacker, if you're going to bring in some other talent or not, uh, Quay's probably your guy with the green dot. And usually that's your Mike linebacker. Um, I don't think it really matters though, right? As long as he's on the field where, where he's playing, um, whether that's, you know, but I think you're right. I think probably the Mike and then the Will and then maybe strong side uh, would be the third spot you'd see him. But like you said, it all depends on what Coach Halfley uh, sees in him and wants how he wants to utilize Quay. We know Quay can cover, um, but you're right. There's, uh, you know, I don't want to say issues, but um, there's some concern with the, the run game. Um, but, uh, you know, honestly, I'd like to see uh, Quay all over the field, you know, and <laughs> utilize some of that versatility and athleticism. So, I'm excited to see what uh, Coach Halfley's got in store for him. Yeah, what about you, Jacob? How do you how do you see it? What would be your guess as far as Quay being Mike, Sam, or Will? No, it's simple. We got Bobby Wagner at Mike, <laughs> knocked over Quay to Strong, and we put Isaiah McDuffie at, at Will. I like it. I like it. Hey, man, dude, I'm telling you right now, y'all going to get my hopes up at this Bobby Wagner. <laughs> and, and watch, too. Like, you know, people were expecting him to drop off, and obviously they expected him to drop off when he went to the L.A. Rams. I think he graded out as the highest-graded linebacker that year. Last year he dropped just a touch. Watch us the one year we finally signed him. Watch it be the year that he oh, – yeah. <laughs> the bottom falls out, right? That would be my luck. Everybody be on here revolting against me for sure. Um, yeah, so – one, one thing to take into consideration, too, there, Dane, um, when we talk Mike, Will, and Sam, the 4-3, the, the base, we're not going to be in it very often. You know, we ran nickel 68% of the time last year. That was 24th most in the league, too, so just keep that in mind. Um, so the majority of the time, you're going to be in a nickel or a dime set. We were only in our base defense at 34 front, which would equate to the 4-3 defense unless we're going to play some Oki, which is a third safety role. Um, you're only in that 26% of the time. So if you're in nickel, you know, 68% of the time, you combine the dime with it, that puts you at what, 70, whatever it is, 73% of the time. We got to have three safeties to play Oki. <laughs> we don't even have three yeah, safeties we, right we now. We two safeties right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good point, man. It's a very True. good point. So we'll see how it shakes out. But, yeah, mine would be Mike, then Will, then Sam probably. And as far as what you said about Bobby Wagner, too, Bobby Wagner's big trick of the trade has always been coverage, right? If you were to line him up at Sam, I kind of like him on a tight end, especially that short intermediate underneath. So um, I just think somebody like Bobby Wagner would bring a lot of veteran presence to 
to the right. Like who who has Quay had to learn off of, right? Devondre Campbell was coming off one of his best years, obviously, um, when when Quay was drafted. Um, if I remember correctly, they had Devondre one year, they draft Quay. Yeah, and Devondre was coming off of his all-pro year or whatever it was. Um, but you get somebody like Bobby Wagner in there, man. You know, there, there's an iconic presence to someone who's been around the league for so long and played at such a high level for so long. They can really up the game of everyone around them. There's no doubt about that. Uh, one other player that's been kind of, you know, brung to everyone's attention, and I broke him down on our positional breakdowns here, Tim. You remember me talking about Chris Jenkins, right? Yeah. Um, you guys may have mentioned this. A listener may have mentioned this. It went completely over my head. Sometimes I'll agree with you guys, and I've got 500 things going on. But you guys know Chris Jenkins. Um, I had him listed as my top defensive lineman, right? I like him over Tavondre Sweat, over Jerzon Newton, and over Byron Murphy. I feel like he's the more well-rounded defensive lineman than Chris Jenkins. I didn't know this. This uh, Brandon Carwile on uh, on Twitter said, nephew of former Packers defensive lineman Colin Jenkins. Chris Jenkins is a potential day two target out of Michigan. He has explosive upfield bursts, lateral quickness, and powerful hands that show up in run defense. Despite lack of sacks, Jenkins has desirable traits as a pass rusher, had a really, really strong pass rush percentage win win rate there. But, Jacob, you were shaking your head. Yeah, did you know this, man? Did you know it was Cullen's nephew? So I read an article that said that um, he comes from NFL greatness, and in my head I'm like, no. I'm like, because in my head I thought Colin Jenkins it can't be that old. I love Colin. Yeah, he was awesome. That was a that was the last time we had some really dominating, you know, interior defensive linemen, I think. Yeah, agreed. Did you know that, Tim? Did you know that was Colin's nephew? I had no idea. And we've we've been mocking him several times here, and you know had our eyes on him. Um, but now it makes perfect sense, right? <laughs> it's hilarious too because I always say, if that person wasn't this, would you still like it? If Braylon Allen didn't play for the Badgers, would you still want it? Right? I always say these things. We didn't know Chris Jenkins was Cullen's nephew, and <laughs> we still wanted him. So we got to put that on the record. I thought that was really cool. So that kind of got me poking around a little bit and uh, looking at seeing where he may or may not be mocked to. They've got him right now. The consensus mock draft has him forty-four to the uh, to the Las Vegas Raiders. So forty-one, he's right there on the spot. So. You know, why do we mention all that? Jacob, you brought up a safety that you liked, right? Yep. Um, Trucker John brought up a defensive lineman he liked. I brought up a defensive lineman I liked. If you go through each of those three, here's Darius Robinson. This is who Trucker John liked. The consensus has him at 27 to the, to the uh, Cardinals. We could get him at 25, right? Then we had uh, uh, Chris Jenkins, my guy here, my top defensive lineman in the draft as it sits right now. They had the consensus of him going 44, right? Where do we pick? 41. We could get him at 41 if we wanted. And then your guy, Jacob uh, Javon Bullard, consensus has him going 63rd to the 49ers. And what do we say? We had the 58th pick? 58. You could get all three of those. How cool would it be if we landed all three of those guys? Mm. Oof. That would be pretty sick, wouldn't it? And then we bring Colin Jenkins to the defensive staff as another <laughs> assistant. <laughs> oh, man. Colin Jenkins. All I, the, the first thing I think of is those arm tats. He's had those huge tribal yeah. tats. Yeah. Yeah. He was, that's the that's the get off the bus guy right there, man. Yep. Oh yeah. Even him getting off the bus first. Dude, he was mean. He wasn't the biggest guy, but he was he was mean, dude. You didn't mess with him. No, not at all, man. Tim, I see you were sharing something down here, man. Is there something we need to pop up on the screen, bro? Well, we were talking about slot earlier, 
so I saw this. This is from our boy Relax on Twitter. Um, right. Make sure you give him a follow. I T Z Z S K L on Twitter. Um, he basically put this. Uh, I think this is PFF. This looks like a PFF mock-up here. Yeah, um, these are corners. These are four corners that he picked that all have slot experience. And I just thought it'd be interesting to pop that up on the screen, see if, uh, I mean, we talked about Rakestraw for sure, and it's Rakestraw out of Missouri. But uh, Jerry and Jones uh, and uh, Tyrion Arnold and then Mike St. Bristol. I don't know how to say that. Uh, the kid yeah. from Michigan here. Same. Sane Restroll is how Sane, I've heard of Sane. Sane Restroll? Okay. Yeah. Any of these guys on your on your radar at all? We were, you know, we were talking about slot um with respect to safeties that can play down in the slot. We were talking about Bullard yeah. earlier. Um, but what about some of these corners? Um, other than Rakestraw, obviously. I'm um, trying to think. I, th I think we may have mocked. Did we mock Jerry and Jones on our favorite mock? Let's see here. Jerry and Jones. No, it wasn't Jerry and Jones. I know we we had landed us a couple of couple of guys that we thought could play the slot. It was Vaki, wasn't it? We got Vaki and we got Andrew Phillips. That's who we mocked. So uh, I know Rakestraw, Tim, that's one that's being mentioned a lot. I think he may have passed Cooper DeGene as far as the top mocked guy there at 25, I believe. If I remember Holy correctly. cow, yeah. So that's one that's been mentioned. Terry and Arnold out of Alabama, I think he's been kind of overshadowed by Kool-Aid McKinstry, but I was reading earlier that Kool-Aid's starting to drop now. Yeah. That's why it's so important, in my opinion, to get that information in your draft boards early because I have they haven't played a snap of football in forever, guys. What the hell would make them drop on the board? You know right. what I mean? I'm telling you, it's the media members behind the scenes trying to pump up guys, drop guys down. They're jockeying for position. Um, I don't know anything about Saints drill, though. I don't, I don't know much about him at all. If I were to pull that up, though, let me see here real quick. Let me go to corners on the mock draft database real fast, and let's see if we can figure out exactly where they may or may not be. Consensus big board. Yeah, so on the consensus big board, Terry and Arnold is the top corner right now in the 11th spot, okay? Um, you said uh, Rake Straw. Rake Straw is right now sitting at 30th, okay? His, he's projected to go number 25 to Green Bay. Um, who was one of the other Saints drill, right? He's he's sitting in the number 75 spot. He's mocked, projected to go number 57 to Tampa. So he's about in the 57 spot. And who was the other guy, Tim? Jerry and Jones. Jerry and Jones on the consensus mock board. Uh, yeah, the consensus big board. They got him sitting in the 206 spot, but he peaked at 132. So he's a little bit lower. That might be a late-round guy to keep it on right there. Yeah, I mean – a lot of snaps in the slot. Yeah, definitely. Sure. Even yeah. just compared to these, uh, you know, these other three guys here, right here on this chart, a lot of snaps in the slot. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a late round, like you said, a late round addition. You never know. Do you, do you do you think we go corner early if we have to, like twenty five or forty one? I mean, I you guys know how I feel about it. And this is obviously before free agency, before we potentially resign anyone or or attack free agency. I've got safety and corners, our top needs. And people roll their eyes when they see that. But I'm like, I don't uh, – These, I told you, guys, I'm a big Kentucky fan. These people that are sold on Carrington Valentine, I just didn't see it, man. And I'm like, okay, let's check PFF. No, PFF's down on them. Okay, let's watch the tape. No, the tape doesn't look great. I don't know what they've seen other than, hey, he did start a lot of games and he was a seventh-round pick. I want him to pan out, but – when I look at that and I look, well, Eric Stokes will be healthy. We've been we've been hearing that for two years now, right? Yeah. And then when he's on the field, he's grading out in the fifties. So it's like, well, he's a good man cover guy. Okay, I got you. But every time I've seen him in man coverage, he doesn't get his head around and play the ball. Like I don't, 
I, I'm having a hard time finding. That's probably my game. biggest knock on him is just you know locating the ball, situational you know. awareness. There, yeah, go. yeah. Uh, Peter Stone's asking, are we doing another mock draft tonight? Oh Lord, have mercy! Y'all want to do it? Y'all want to do it real quick? Y'all want to do it? Throw it in the chat. Yes or no? Should we do a mock? Yeah, let's do it. Hell with the chat. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> let me get it uh, get geared up here real quick. We'll go. Uh, let me sign in so we don't get bombarded here, too, real quick. Give me just a second, guys. Y'all say something smart. Um, huh? That'll do. That'll do just fine, too. All right, let's see here. Mock draft simulator. Let me share the screen. Um, Yeah. This is great podcasting right here. I like how Jacob went dark as soon as he talked us into doing a mock draft. Funny how that <laughs> yeah. it usually works like that. Oh, man. I think I got this geared up right. Yeah, I think we're good. All right. So we share the screen. I'm going to zoom in, make sure you guys can see this okay. Um, let's see here. There How we are we looking right there? Is that good, fella? Real nice. Real All right, nice. there we go. We're going to go ahead and uh, let's go full screen, make it even better for you guys. There we go. Bang. Look at this technological advancement. It's amazing what $4,000 to get you with a computer, right? <laughs> oh. All right, here we go. Um Credit's a great thing. Let me say, no, nah. here we go. Starting. Let's go ahead and just sim sim past the top pick. Go. Just a rapid fire mock draft here. All right, we are on the clock. Oh, look at this offer. Ooh, this boy. is what we got the other day, boys. If it, I don't know why this keeps popping up, but I hope it's real. This time they gave us a third rounder. Look at this. Can you see this, Jacob? Yeah, it's ridiculous. I'm going to make you make the call here. So the question is, who does Detroit want? Who are they going after? Giving I could care less. I could care less. <laughs> They're giving us the 29th pick, the 61st pick, the 92nd pick, the 207th pick, and they said, "Oh, by the way, here's your scrub from 2025 um, with the seventh round pick." Should we accept it or not, Jacob? Yes or no? No, that's I, I don't want to do any trades. That's unrealistic. All right, I like it. I like it. he's a, he's a. A man of honor. I love it. Ooh, look at that, though. All right, here we go, Jacob. You're leading the charge on this one. You're just going to run it by me and Tim. All right, so we're number 25 pick, the best available, is Latu Edge out of UCLA. He's the 14th best player on the board, um, or as you know, overall in the draft, I should say. J.J. McCarthy sitting there from the 24th spot. You got offensive tackle Tyler Gotten at the 27th spot. And uh, Demion, Demion Robinson edge out of Penn State at 28. What are you thinking here, Jacob? I can look at any position, whatever you want to look at, buddy. I mean, I, I think you have to go a lot, too. That's just, got to. Just got too good to of value, value, isn't it? Yeah. I like it. Tim, do you disagree, man? No, not at all. All right, let's do it. We're going to pull the trigger. We're going to lie to. They gave you an A. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Pick 41. J.J. McCarthy. That's slam dunk, right? <laughs> no. All right, here we go. Pick 41. Um, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., you got Tavondre Sweat, defensive lineman out of Texas, um, Tyler Newbin, safety out of Minnesota, Ooh. Edge, Chris Braswell out of Bama, and Cam Kinchins out of Miami at safety. What are you thinking, Jacob? I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a giant Tavondre Sweat guy, and had we not went Latu, I still might pull that for that, but I, I think Newbin's just a plug-and-play safety that we need. Completely agree. How do you feel about Newbin right here, Tim? Oh, yeah, that's automatic. Slam dunk, ain't it? Yep. I like the way this is stacking up already. <clears throat> and I'll mark these off as we go to <coughs> – excuse me. So we got our safety, and we got us a edge, right? All right, we ain't 
Jacob said, we're not doing none of that cheesy crap. We're not trading any picks. All right, look at here, number 58, top on the board, Cam Kinchins out of Miami. You got linebacker Edgerin Cooper out of Texas A&M. You got linebacker Peyton Wilson out of NC State. Wide receiver Roman Wilson out of Michigan. And then Trey Benson running back out of Florida State. Anything you want me to look at here, Jacob? What are you thinking? Uh, to me, it's got to be one of the two linebackers. Uh, I watched tape on Edrin today, and I liked what I saw. He was he was quick. Um, I, I didn't quite – wasn't as blown away by Peyton as I thought I would be, but I really do like Trotter as well. Oh, yeah. man, that's rough. I'm going to uh, leave Tim. Tim's going to have to do this one. <laughs> and I can go back to overall. I just wanted to show you what the linebackers look like there. Um, basically, for those of you on the pod, we get the linebacker room pulled up right now. Edrin Cooper at 52, Peyton Wilson at 54. These are their overall rankings, by the way, not currently available, but overall rankings. Jeremiah Trotter, Jr., 66. Junior Colson, 72. You guys know the 33rd team's huge on Junior Colson. I'm bigger on Jeremiah Trotter Jr. They think Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is booty cheeks. So the safer pick probably would be Junior Colson, but that's a bit of a reach for 58 there too. But uh, what do you think, Tim? Would linebacker be smart right here? Do you think it would be smarter to wait? As, as badly as I would love to just draft like 11 defensive players, uh, can we go back to uh, can we go back to the the overall here or yeah, all, absolutely all best available and take a look. Um, not that I think we should take Trey Benson here, but I just want right. to scroll down a little more. Absolutely. Ooh. Yeah, because like I'm looking like what about uh, interior offensive line? Anybody? Uh, anybody? Pop, see, nobody's really popping up. Oh, Christian Haynes, seventy, a little bit of a reach, but you oh, guys know what I'm doing. What, what about tackle? Tackle. Let's see. You got uh, Omagazi out of Yale. Uh, Blake Fisher out of Notre Dame. Both Is of those it crazy to double up at safety since we need it so we, bad. We've done that before. We took Newman and Kitchens before. In a, Bro, I don't, in I don't think there's anything wrong with it. To be honest with you, I like don't I said, either. We got, we got four listed as a need. The only thing I would prefer to take over safety would be corner. There's just no one within reach right now. I mean, you, there's your Saints drill. Um, but again, he's 75. That's a bit of a reach there. I, I would feel better about taking like DJ James or Josh Newton at 88. So I'm with Jacob though, on the, the linebacker conversation, but the, the problem I'm having is like, let's say we take kitchens here at, at, at 58, mm -hmm. you know, I'm going to want to go linebacker with the 88th pick. Cause I feel like we might still have some, some guys on the board like Cedric gray or, you yeah. know, even junior Colson, but, you know, then again, we're four picks in. We're all defense. You know, we're <laughs> yeah, right. we're, we're, we're neglecting the uh, the O line. You know, we talked about three three offensive linemen, a running back, possibly a backup tight end. Yeah, um, but this is this is the the trouble with being a GM. It's what Ted Thompson talked about, man. You take the best player available, man. Well, then let's, it's tough, yeah, dude. Uh, best player I'm, available. I'm with Kitchens or uh, or um, Edrin Cooper. Okay. Either one of those two. And and again, we're treating this as if this was our draft board. Um we had Edrin Cooper as the third best linebacker. We had Jeremiah Trotter Jr. one, Junior Colson two, Edrin Cooper three. Junior Colson obviously is the top linebacker by far by the 33rd team. Um if we reach here, it's going to give us a bad grade. But me personally, if I was taking a linebacker in this spot, I would go junior Colson. But we're going to stick with the board if we do go with that. So it's going to come down to Cam Kinchins and Edron Cooper. Again, we got to treat this like this is how our board actually looks. So, um, Jacob, I think I think Tim's on board with either a safety or a linebacker. What do you think, man? 
Oh, boy. Uh, I love it, dude. <laughs> the things could be a lot worse. I could be a Bears fan. My guts are just us breathing into the microphone. My, my guts telling me to double up with kitchens. I just I'm with you, man. I'm good with it. Tim, you okay with you? Ain't gonna hate it. You know it, man. Let's go. All right, we went Cam Kinchin, so we went with another safety, dude. I'm telling you, that's gonna fix your safety room in a in a heartbeat right there. All right, so now we're coming up on y'all. Quit trying to trade with us, dude. We're not interested. Um, number eighty-eight spot. Here we go. Trey Benson, hit him with that. Here you go, there, Tim. I know you got it on speed dial. There. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> All right, so we got Trey Benson running back out of Florida State, Blake Corum running back out of Michigan, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. on the board. That's my dog. But here's your hey, here's your starting right guard right here, boys. Right. Christian Haynes. That's tough. All right. Now here, here's what you got to look at though. We got 88 and we got 91. Yep. Who is more likely going to be there left on the board? And we, we actually like Junior Colson better than Jeremiah Trotter. So, um, less picks here, right? All right, let's see. Like interior offensive line, let's do it this way. Interior offensive line, 70, then it drops down to 80, right? And then we've got two guys that we like here at linebacker, Jeremiah Trotter Jr. and Junior Colson, right? My pick, and I'm not trying to sway you in any way here, Jacob. You gotta go well, my pick would be Christian Haynes, but what yeah. do you guys think? I mean, Let's Trotter go. Jr. is it'd still be good value. Oh yeah, it'd be great value for sure. You know, but I'm with you though. I think we got to go. I think we got to go line. What do you think, Jacob? I mean, yeah, just because if you can, can you pull up the overall real quick? Yeah. In my head, we've got right there. I would, I would take all five of those guys. I don't even know who's below them too. Just scroll. right. You can scroll. Yeah, I'd take that. I'd take Dorless. So I'd say you take the guy that's the least likely to make it, and I think Christian Haynes is the best. Um, Inside uh, inside offensive line, it's going to be on Let's the do it. next. I say we grab him for sure. Yeah, I think one guard down there. I think he would be gone before some of these other guys. You know. So, all right, let's go, Christian Haynes. I like A plus. A plus. Come on, look at that. Now here we go. <laughs> all right. So here we are at ninety one. Are we on the clock? We are on the clock at ninety one. Right. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Oh man, opener there. Look at this. Oh, look at this Holy cow, Trotter. What are we doing? My I think we got to go Trotter, Trotter, right? Yeah, yeah. It's because we're kind of using this database, right? So, yeah, I think Trotter Jr. and I would be cool with either of them. Like I said, thirty third team. I got a lot well, of respect. No. What about corner? We still haven't taken a corner. Can we? Oh, look you're up? right. Good Whoa, look at there. that. There's our boy. Damn it, Mike. Damn. Mike. Uh, <laughs> damn, whatever. Damn. Whatever his name is. How do you say that again? Hopes and dreams. Sanistrill. Sanistrill from Michigan. Uh, we just story. talked about him or DJ James Auburn, but that that might be a reach. I don't know, Tim. I kind of feel like we need a backer. I think the backer. It's crazy too because you're right, man. It's it's a top need, but if we went best available, obviously Jeremiah yeah, Trotter Jr. is significantly better. But God, it's gonna suck, dude. We haven't we haven't hit a corner yet, bro. If we don't take Trotter though, there's no way he's on the board again. Right. There's no doubt. And at 127, you're probably yeah. going to be looking at, at this little. Jalen Simpson's not bad either. That's a decent pick. There you okay. go. Okay, so there's potential at corner later. All right, let's go Trotter Jr. You good with it? Yep. yep. We're getting a 66 best player at 91. That's good value. They gave us an A. Of course Ooh. they did. We've been flirting with the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> He's a cute fella. Let me tell you. I'm just joking. Here we go. All right, let's see. We got get canceled over that one. 127. 
All right, we'll pick you know, 127, Packers on the clock. Now we're wanting to look at, what do we say, corner, corner. right? There we go. <laughs> oh, there we go. There we go. James. Run that in. Ooh, and there's like Jerrion Jones, too, and Audrey Phillips. All right, we're good. We're good with uh, with DJ James. That good with yeah. you guys? All right, we're going to take cornerback DJ James with the 127th pick. He's 98th on the board. We got a top 100 talent at 127. He's out of Auburn. A plus. A plus. Let's go. Jeez. All right, up next. Our next pick is – boy, we had to wait a while, didn't we? All right. The 168th pick. Whoa. All right, let's see what uh, we got. Just, just to food for thought, um, we we turned Rasul Douglas into Jeremiah Trotter Jr. Just so, just so you know, that was – Hey, I would be okay with that, Tim. Would you be okay with that? Pick. 91 is the Rasul Douglas pick. I would be okay with that. Would you be all right with that, Tim? Oh yeah, for sure. That's about as good like as I, said, that's on, I got a big circle around pick ninety one because that's <laughs> what we, you ready to dunk on school for that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right. So um pick one sixty-eight, uh top top available prospects, Marshawn Lloyd, uh running back out of US, uh, USC. You got Isaiah Adams, interior offensive lineman out of Illinois, cornerback Johnny Dixon out of Penn State, tight end Ben Sanat out of Kansas State, offensive tackle Javon Foster. Um, out of Missouri, and punter Tory Taylor. Don't forget about Tory Taylor. He can boom that thing. You know what I'm saying? I'm um, looking at Foster or or Lloyd here with this pick. What do you think, Jacob? Uh, so I watched film on Lloyd today, and I really, really like his running style. Um, very, very explosive, kind of compact runner. Definitely fit okay. more like a, a, a Packers like kind of style. But that Javon Foster as well, dude. Missouri's got some dogs this draft, man. If Javon Foster looks like a really, really good. Um, good tackle. And then, yeah, like the running back room, can you scroll down a little bit? Because I want to see if is Isaiah Thomas still around and Isaiah Davis, sorry. And Franco Jr. Yeah, so we maybe could wait on running backs. They're, yeah. They're a dime a dozen. Dylan Lobbs there, Dylan Johnson. I feel like uh, it might be smart to grab a big tackle that's still decent. Javon. Yeah, Javon Foster. Yep. I'm with that. Clayton. Think you're on mute, Clayton. I was on mute, man. I'm over here hacking my guts up. Boys, y'all have no idea what I'm doing for this this team right now. <laughs> Chewy said, "Hey, I, I came in here to unmute it and seen it had a super chat." Chewy with the tip jar. Appreciate you, Chewy. You. I, I, I don't know if you seen or you heard my comment there about Flag Pond. Tell these boys in the chat about Flag Pond. Keep it keep it PG thirteen though. All right, but uh, appreciate the uh, super chat, buddy. Um, so what did you, what did you say here, fellas? What we thinking? Offensive tackle, Javon Foster. Yeah. Yeah. 136. I mean, he's 136 on the board. We're getting him at 168. Great, great value. I'm with Jacob because we can probably still snag a running back <laughs> in the next, in, with the next couple picks here. Yeah. All right, cool. You good with it, Jacob? We going offensive tackle? Let's do it. All right. Boom. Damn, A-plus. A plus. Look at that. I'm telling you, Jacob. We're available, Goody, if you need any consultants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's like, you bunch of knuckleheads. <laughs> By the way, Tim, today the 12 year anniversary of that comment, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that today. I know I saw that too. Unbelievable. Oh. Um, Mason McCormick, that might be my favorite interior offensive lineman. So I'm not sure if we need it right now, but that dude is um I like oh and there's Isaiah the Jackrabbit, Davis. man. They're they're churning them out, ain't they, dude? Holy cow. Let's get them both. This is the uh, – what are we picking right now? Is this 166? Hell, I don't know, Tim. I just live here. Oh, uh, this round is the uh, Alan, Alan Lazard pick here from the 
from the Rogers deal. Yeah, or no, okay. that was Foster. Okay, so we're at 204. Yeah, we're at 204 right now. Right. And as far as our top, let's forget the needs. Let's just work the board. All right. Let's work the board here. Um, top available or best available right now, 165 is span forward, tied in out of Minnesota. You got running back Cody Schrader out of Missouri. You got interior offensive lineman Mason McCormick out of South Dakota State. Isaiah Davis running back out of South Dakota State. We talked about running back, right? We've got pick 204, 216, 243, and 251. Let's just look ahead real quick at running back. All right, you got Cody Schrader, Isaiah Davis, Frank Gore Jr. You still got three pretty pretty decent talents there, don't we, boys? You think Frank Gore Jr. will be on the board after uh, <laughs> at uh, 216? I think, I think there's a good shot. If we're looking at uh, Mason McCormick as the other potential draft pick here, um, let's yeah. go interior offensive line if that was the case. Um, Trevor Keegan's a good late pick. Same with Nugent. Yeah. Okay. What are we thinking, boys? Call the shots here. Jacob, make the call, bro. I mean, honestly, if I if we do need three interior offensive linemen or three offensive linemen, I think it'd be smart to get Mason right now and see if we can have Davis either fall or one of those other uh, Gore Jr. Even a weird uh, pick like that, Vidal is, is a good pick. All right. So you think of Mason? I think so. You good with it, Tim? Yeah, I agree. All right, let's let's call it in. We're going Mason McCormick, interior offensive lineman. Oh, uh, lost. What a joke. That's all right, but look who's still on the board. This next pick's going to be easy. Bam, draft him. Look at look at all these guys, man. You got Andrew. Phil- hey, we, we could go Andrew Phillips. Phillips. Yeah, I think there's a good shot that Frank Gore Jr. is still there. I don't know. We'll see here. Oh, boy. oh no, he's going to be gone. My boy Rasheen Ali, though. I love that cat, dude. Um, let's see here. Let's go back up, man. Best, best available guys is Andrew Phillips. We talked about him potentially playing the slot too. It's Carrington Valentine's old teammate. It's tough. We've only taken one corner up to this point too. The board says take a corner. The needs say take a corner. What do you think? What does, what does the beard say? That's what I want to know. That's a real I, mean, I think that, that, that we needed two corners at least. And we, um, I, I think we got to grab the corner. That's too good of a. a Andrew Phillips, Jerry and Jones. Oh, wow. Oh. Jerry and Jones. There's a chance Jerry and Jones. Nah. How is he still there? I think both those guys are going to be gone. Yeah. My, uh, the consensus big board's kind of down on Jerry and Jones. I've seen other places that's got him flirting around a top 100. They get him down. Take that Kentucky Wildcat, man. Let's do yeah. it. Kidding yeah. me. Let's do it. All right. Andrew Phillips, we got a B. Plus. All right. We'll take it. All right, and now it, click running back immediately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, we on the clock. We're on the clock at 243. Oof, ah, yeah, we can get it. Is anybody else uh, down there? Scroll down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Nah. Oh, man. <laughs> Got my boy Rasheen Ali there. I love Kamani Vildal. He's just – he's so small, but he looks like Maurice Jones-Drew. The dude is just all legs and just a – it's a bowling ball. Yeah. But we got 243 and 251 here. Um, mm. So, as far Gino, as – Gino, he's got great numbers. I think he's graded out pretty well as well, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. That would be my pick here. Can we go to overall again real quick? Yeah, just absolutely. Before we pull the trigger. Ooh, tackle sitting there. There's we, a tackle there. We've already taken three offensive linemen, and we said we only needed three. So Another jackrabbit. I'm telling you, dude, it's wild. Tight end. Tight end was on the on the list too. Okay. 
Yikes. Never mind. We swung and missed on tight end. We need another Ben Sims. DFA coming our way. <laughs> I don't mean to rhyme. I do it all the time. Um, Jerry and Jones is still sitting there. Um, I kind of feel I, I like, like Rasheen Ali or um, what was the one you said, Jacob? Vidal. Vidal, yeah. All right. So if we if we went Vidal, that would be 218. There's a good chance he won't be there either, huh? Yeah. I mean, we're getting value on either one of those. Yeah. So what are we thinking? I think Rasheen Ali is probably the more rounded, but well-rounded back. All right, let's take him now. Bang. Bam. A plus. A plus. Look at that. So we got our backup, backup tailback that we needed. All right, final pick. Pick 251. Um, let's see what we got here. Edge defender at 202. Grace and Murphy out of UCLA. You got Jalen Harrell, edge defender. We already got our edge, though. Jerry and Jones is still there, boys. Wow. I feel like you got to take him. I, we got to, dude. You kidding me? We need him four corners. This will give us our third corner. That's good value. What's just A-plus right here? Ah, crap. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> rigged. Hashtag rigged. Eric Sutherland in the house. <laughs> it's Let's all right. See. We got a 3.9 GPA on this one. We're good. Exactly. Let me zoom out here. We're going to get a screenshot. I feel good about this draft, man. Yeah, I like that. It's different, it. definitely. Yeah. Yeah, that one, that one went, I agree, Jacob. It went way different than most of the other drafts we've done, for sure. So I actually really like that draft, though. Jerry and Jones is the, in the last pick of the draft. Man, that's crazy. I love it, too. No plans to do a mock draft, and they talk us into it. Just when you think you're out, they pull me back. Uh, parting thoughts, guys. We're at hour eight. My wife's gonna kill me. Yep. Um, I'm just I'm excited. Man. Said, yep. <laughs> yep. She's gonna kill you. Sure is. It's all fun and games uh, until Clayton gets killed. No, it's uh, I, I'm excited just to see this draft. And what do we actually start seeing the guys in their undies running around? Is that Thursday at three o'clock? It's believe. actually Thursday. Yeah. Okay. Undie yeah. time. Let's do it. I've been practicing, man. I've been stretching. I pulled a hammy though. Probably not gonna run. Uh, it happens, man. I pull butt cheek every now and then. You know CG, we missed your uh, super chat earlier. He just said tip jar. Thank you so much, buddy. He's a member of the PTA posse as well. We really appreciate you and Chewy supporting the stream. Like I said, Dane earlier too, man. Dane's been a, a loyal member of the PTA posse for a long time. Um, Tim, parting thoughts, Bob. Man, nothing. Just happy to be here. Love it. I'm glad we got a mock in here at the last minute. Yeah, that was fun. Love it. That's fun. All right, guys, we're out of here. Like I said, special shout out to uh, to Dame, uh, CG, and Chewy. Appreciate y'all supporting the stream. You guys are awesome. We will most likely see you in the morning. The mornings are rough for me right now. I ain't gonna lie. It takes me about forty five minutes to straighten up. Um, it's it's been rough, but I think we're on the down side of this whole flu. But uh, if I can get up in time in the morning, we'll do a good morning Lambo. If not, then we'll definitely see you guys for PTA Live tomorrow night. Like Jacob said, we'll have grown men running around in their underwear on Thursday. So there'll be some stuff to talk about there. Um, yeah, so we will see you guys in the morning. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go Pack Go. The power sweep. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play on our – no, we ask our YN or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If the 
to look at this play when we're trying to get it. A seal here. And a seal here. And try to run this play in the alley. 